Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Post-game edition, Browns and Saints. The Browns 21-18, to losers to the Saints. But first, Mary Kay, before we get into it, uh, I want to tell everybody about Sibling Revelry Brewery. Uh, they have Ohio football in their roots. They're based in Westlake. They're founded by Mike and Bert Kennedy, who played college football. Mike at Kent State, Bert at Bowling Green. This is not one of those huge breweries. They're all about quality. Brewing's a craft to them. Uh, you can try their IPA, Swing State Dry Hopped Pale Ale, uh, Third Wheel Belgian Triple, Blood Brood, Blood Brewed uh, Heifweizen. I don't know if I said that one right. <laughs> Sublime Lager, I got that one. And their Pecan Brown Ale. It's available all over Ohio, including Heinen's and Giant Eagle stores. And Mary Kay, I know you visited their brewery uh, and got a look at that in Westlake, and you thought it was a great place. It really is. It's a great place. We're so excited that they have joined us and that they're sponsoring this podcast. Uh, we're excited to have them. We're going to do a live event over the bye weekend from, right from Sibling Revelry Brewery, and, uh, and we hope you'll all give it a try. All right, so thanks to them for sponsoring us, and let's get into this football game. 21-18, to 18, the Browns losers now 0-1-1 and on the season. Uh, which I was thinking is probably a better start than people thought they would get off to. But uh, it's frustrating for this team because the reality is, Mary Kay, this team is maybe a couple kicks away from being 2-0. and Yeah, that is incredibly frustrating to be uh, to come this far, to prepare this hard, and to know that the season has come down to, like you said, several kicks. Now, today was just a disaster of a day for Zane Gonzalez. You wrote a story about that. They've got to be looking at a kicker. Even, I don't know if they can pull one off in time for Thursday night's game against the Jets, but, you know, it's probably going to be over here for Zane Gonzalez. I mean, a couple times this happened last year, too, Mm -hmm. and I, I would have to think that John Dorsey is done with it and that Hugh Jackson would be done. Yeah, they're going to have to make a decision. Like you said, they're going to have to do it quickly. Um, you know, I was thinking back a, a little ways. 2016, if you remember, they had a kicker get hurt a couple days before their game, and they had to sign Cody Parkey the day before their game yep. in Miami. Uh, he came in and really struggled. Yes, It's not really as easy as just showing up and starting to kick. You've got a new holder. You've got a long snapper, different operations and things like that. But at the same time, if they can find a guy, they're, they're probably going to have to make that move and, and just sort of see what happens Thursday night. Yeah, and you know, and it's unfortunate because um, you know the signs were there. I think even in training camp a little bit, yeah. and also 
last year that there were some issues. Now, Zane Gonzalez alluded to the fact that there are some other issues going on, maybe just in the whole sequence of, of the kicks, and that maybe some of this stuff isn't really his fault. Uh, but the Browns cannot continue on. It was four straight missed kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the biggest, you know, one of the biggest ones obviously came on the extra point. You can't be missing extra points. Came on the extra point after Antonio Callaway caught the 47-yard TD. That could have put the game away. I mean, that could have been it. They could have won this game 19-18. Now, you never know uh, because Drew Brees still would have had an opportunity to go out there and, and get, you know, get a touchdown or a field goal yeah. after that. But still, you cannot miss that kick. And then to come back inside, you should be able to make a 52-yarder. I mean, you're yeah. indoors. You don't have any elements to deal with. And his range should be that for to make a 52-yarder. Yeah, for, for an NFL kicker, that's reasonable. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the training camp battle. Ross Martin could maybe be an option. Obviously, he's very right. familiar with everything here. Um, so maybe they, they would take a look at him again. Yeah. And Bailey uh, could be out there as well, the, the longtime Cowboys kicker. Yeah. Uh, that would be a little more complicated. Uh, but, but those are some of their options. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about the kicker. Obviously, you can trace directly to the kicker how they lost this game. But there, there were some other issues in this game as well. Um, and I think one of the big ones is the offense – you know, the offense really struggled. Now, Tyrod Taylor was better completion percentage-wise, 22-30, 246 yards. Uh, a big chunk of that came on that 47-yard pass to Antonio Callaway, which was a great play uh, all around on both ends of the play. Um, but but this was a difficult day for the offense, and, and they just could never get going, even as the defense gave them opportunity after opportunity uh, to either put this game away or run out some clock and, and make it harder for the Saints to come back. Well... We should start also with the fact that Josh Gordon, yeah. um, you know, the big announcement came last night late that Josh Gordon will be released by the Browns tomorrow or they'll trade him. So we'll we'll have to see what happens there. But that had to rock the team. I mean, they had prepared to have him in this game the whole way through. And I've said this before, when Josh Gordon's on top of his game, he is the equivalent of Michael Thomas. What Michael Thomas means mm-hmm. to the Saints, that's what Josh Gordon means. So they had to have somebody step up. Fortunately for them, Antonio Callaway did that, stepped up, made that great 47-yard TD catch on fourth down, no less. But you're right. The offense did struggle. There are problems. They have had eight takeaways now in two games, and they have ten points to show for those takeaways. Seven points last week, three points this week off of two takeaways. It's not enough. There are problems. There are issues. When you look over uh, you know, some of the statistics, you, know, you can see – that well first of all you got to get Jarvis Landry even more involved five catches seven targets that's not going to be enough for him you need to get him up into the you know Michael Thomas caught 12 of 13 you need to get right now Jarvis Landry up more in the you know 10 11 target range and get him the ball more and you got to get him the ball in the end zone he's somebody that can score for you in the end zone and um I'm I'm not seeing very enough of Duke Johnson here in any way shape or form you know, Duke Johnson right now is somebody that you need to rely on to make plays for you, break tackles for you, and get involved in that short passing game. I think they need to do more of that. Carlos Hyde, 2.7 yards rushing. That's not going to cut it. They got to make. They have to make some decisions there. Yeah, and, and Duke really, you know, only three carries, uh, only two targets, caught both of them. One of those carries was that, uh, that weird conversion attempt where they uh, gave him the ball on fourth and short. Uh, instead of going with one of their bigger backs. Now, Duke is a guy that can break tackles and stay up, and, and we've seen him do that before. But still, that, that was sort of a – that was one of those situations where you gave him a ball 
maybe where it wasn't in the best place for him to be successful. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, Duke Johnson's got to get more touches, Jarvis Landry. And David Njoku has got to step up a little bit as well. Oh. Um, we've seen him continue to struggle with drops. I believe he had, I believe he had one today. Um, you know, this is a guy that has to start making some tough catches for his quarterback, especially over the middle. And not only that, Seth evolved. He was another late scratch yeah. in this game, so they don't have him. He was somebody that was, again, not on the injury report. And what happened with him? Uh, he comes up with a pulled hamstring. So, you, you know, you've got your game plan centered around some guys that just really aren't there for you, and that makes it very, very tough. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It, I still think this. I do think that, that Todd Haley is still getting to know his personnel. Yeah. I think he's still trying to figure out who can do what. He's coming from six years in the same offense. You know, he knows exactly. You know, he said it the other day. You have to build on that. Not only do these guys have to build in his offense, he has to learn to understand his personnel and, and where to go with the ball at certain times. And I think that that's still a work in progress with him trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I, I actually just put a post up about this. Um the Browns play this Thursday night game against the Jets, and you know I really think if they lose this game, if the offense struggles, we're gonna start. I think we're starting to build a little bit among fans. You know, we're hearing uh, some sports radio uh, folks kind of push this narrative a little bit to get Baker Mayfield out there. I think Thursday night, the pressure is going to be on this offense. They've got to produce, or you're going to have ten days off. Where I, you know, I don't know that the Browns would make a change. But you're going to have 10 days where it's going to be awfully tempting to maybe see what the rookie can do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you're you're going to go into this game and you only have really one or two days of practice. You're not going to have very much of an opportunity. And uh, it's a chance for Tyrod to go out there and sort of plant his flag, plant his own flag, and make yeah. sure that he can uh, stave off the rookie. But he's going to have to make some more plays. They're going to have to do uh, a little – they're going to have to score some more points. They're going to have to convert – on um, on those takeaways, or you're right, it's going to open up the door for Baker Mayfield. Now, one of the reasons why I think they're probably not quite ready to do it yet and may not even be ready to do it after the next game is because they do still have some protection issues. And when you put a, yeah. a young rookie quarterback in there with a brand-new left tackle and some other protection issues that are going on while an offense is trying to get to know each other, you could put him in harm's way. And I don't think they want to do that. I think they feel they want to be ready and set around him a little bit more uh, before they go throwing Baker Mayfield in the game. Yeah, and, and I could see that, um, you know, at the same time. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about this. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you don't get healthier as the season goes along. Right. So, you know, that, that structure can collapse even more than it has. Are you there, Dan? Are you Go to Baker? Yeah. No, no, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not, I'm not ready to, to say that yet, especially on the short week. But I, I do think that if we continue to look at games where we say the offense is holding this team back and you can trace it at least to an extent to the quarterback play, you might have to give it a shot. Yeah, and, you know, is it can it be traced to the quarterback play? And I'm sure to a certain extent maybe it can be, but maybe there are other factors involved. Again, um, maybe not necessarily always calling the right players or going to the right place with the football. I do see um, some plays that are probably left out on the field just because you're not getting certain guys involved. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see how that progresses. All right, let, let's spend a little bit of time here before we go talking about the defense because that, that was certainly a bright spot again today. Two forced fumbles. Uh, Terrence Mitchell uh, forced both of them. They played really well, and I think the important thing today wasn't just 
the turnovers. But there were key moments when they got off the field. Um, and Larry Ogunjobi was a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, they got big stops on third down, big stops on fourth down. I mean, this this defense stepped up when they needed to step up. Now, they gave up some stuff late in the game. Um, Drew Brees is ultimately going to make some throws, and he's going to make some plays. Uh, but this defense, I thought, played well enough to win this football game. Yeah, it really did. I mean, it just look right there at, like you said, the third down efficiency of of the Saints. I mean, I would have to think, and I don't know exactly what they finished, where they finished there last year. But when you have Drew Brees running the show for you, uh, three out of twelve is really not characteristic of what your football team usually does. I'm sure that's twenty five percent. That came from some really good third down de- defense from the Browns. Um, like you said, Larry Ogunjobi's two sacks came on third down and blew up drives. T.J. Carey had a, a third down sack that blew up a drive. Uh, they just did a really, really good job on third down and got these guys off the field. I mean, this is a high-flying offense. Uh, Miles Garrett, they double-teamed him a fair amount, which opened. Now, Emmanuel Agba, E-Man, was it, <laughs> what, as Miles calls him, did not play in this game, but it opened up opportunities for some other guys. I thought Chris Smith... Uh, played well, did some good things, and then, you know, Larry Ogunjobi was the guy that seemed to benefit from Miles getting a little bit of double teaming, and he was able to just go out there and have a multiple sack game. Miles didn't have sacks today, but uh, it it paved the way for Larry to have a couple and some others. So, um, so I thought that was good. Pull back the curtain here a little bit. You know, we do these instant. You do the instant game or after the game, and I do mm-hmm. this instant analysis post, and I always have in a game like this. I've got like two tabs open, mm-hmm. one if they're going to win, one if they're going to lose, and one of the high up points in, in the one if they won would have been the uh, the Larry Ogunjobi play on third down, um, and then the uh, the TJ Carey play as well, that, mm-hmm. that sack. I mean, those were plays that good defenses make to get off the field, and the offense just couldn't take advantage of it on the other side, and, and again... Eventually, Drew Brees did what Drew Brees does, yeah. um, but it was still almost enough for this, this team to get into overtime and maybe steal this game. Yeah, and you know what? Look, it was Greg Williams going up against Sean Payton, who had run yeah. up the score on him last time. This was an important game to him. He worked really, really hard on this game plan, and his guys came through for him. They had to know that they did not want him to walk out of the Superdome feeling embarrassed again like he did last time when Sean Payton was able to put 49 points up on his Rams defense. So I think a lot of things to be excited about for Browns fans about this D. Forcing turnovers, getting off the field. Those are things we have not seen very much over the last few years. This is a defense that can win games. It is. And you know what? Eight takeaways. Last year they had 13 the whole (laughs) entire season. And I'll tell you, takeaways and winning the turnover battle is supposed to win you football games and that really tells you just how much the offense is struggling once again eight takeaways 10 points not enough it has to be reevaluated they have to go back to the drawing board but it's a short week yeah short week they got the jets on thursday the browns 21 to 18 losers uh here in new orleans again it's it's just missed opportunities you could be sitting at two and zero, think about how people would be feeling right now if yeah. this team were two and zero, having beaten the Steelers and the Saints, or even one and one. Yeah. Uh, instead, they're uh, they're zero one and one. And as as we look ahead, Dan, to the next couple of days, and again, there's not a lot of time. I mean, they've got one day where we're out at practice, and that's on Tuesday. But you know, what does tomorrow bring? Josh Gordon getting either released or traded. Zane Gonzalez, you know, what are they going to do with him? Are they going to be able to bring in a Dan Bailey? There's a lot of other teams that had kicking issues today in the NFL, and he's going to be in demand. So, 
Uh, it, it's you know, are they going to bring in another receiver? Are they going to are they going to talk to Des Bryant? Probably not in a short week, uh, which is a big factor this week. But there's a lot of storylines to look at in the, in the coming days. Yeah, and we will be out in Berea on Tuesday, uh, a rare Tuesday in Berea. That's normally the uh, the off day for the players, but we'll be out there on Tuesday. So maybe we'll try and get one of these recorded then before the Jets game. Um, again, thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewery, uh, Mike and Burt Kennedy. Mike, like I said, he played football at Kent State, so this is becoming a Kent State-heavy podcast between you, me, yes. uh, our buddy Mike over at Sibling Revelry. Burt, of course, played at, uh, at Bowling Green. Um, and they've got all kinds of great stuff. I'm like I said, I'm looking through this list. I'm going to get out there and uh, I'm going to look for one of these uh, six packs or whatever, and I'm going to try and get out there maybe and, and take a look at this. Place. And go flashes.